0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Ghost Code magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Erica of Sanhedrin. Their new album, The Poisoner, is out now. Check it out. Really the first place I kind of wanted to dive in and talk to you about is I've always felt, you know, since the beginning of the band that you guys were so humongous live. And I want, you know, some bands have a hard time capturing that live essence on record but this record is amazing and almost feels like there should be a crowd in the background cheering it's so raw and awesome so I wanted to I'm glad you did that. yes so I wanted to start right there with you it's got that real live feel for the band which is terrific
1: so I think that has a lot to do with the combination of Colin Marston's recording approach and Jeremy's recording approach. Jeremy's the guitar player. But yeah, I think it's really the, you know, um, Colin is our recording engineer and he has a hand in producing the final product, but he's not necessarily our dedicated producer. We kind of Take that role ourselves, or we have those parts. And um, all three of us are recording and/or live sound people, or have been. So Jeremy has studied recording and has done a lot of recording himself. And Nate and I have been live audio people for a while. So. We all have these sort of understandings of the tools and I think that might and also it's really important that we sound like we do live on recording
0: to us. Righteous. I love it. Um I think anybody who hears this record and and of course look the first record also sounded excellent, but anyone who hears uh The Poisoner is gonna totally feel the vibe and get it right away. Like, wow, this sounds really like Real cooking, like almost a 70s record, like that spirit where everything was done, kind of, everybody, nobody did tracks, everything was live once in a room sometimes, a lot of bands, you know, a few bands took a yeah. different approach, but I uh, just immediately grabbed me about this record. Yeah,
1: I'm glad that came through, because we definitely mentioned it while we were recording. We were like, you know, exactly that, we wanted to sound like way too
0: live amazing Uh, and so other than the uh, meditative title track there which I'll talk about in a second I love how just uh, up tempo and right in your face and pretty short and to the point most of the songs are it's just kind of hits you it's very immediate Uh, I love tracks like the you know obviously the first track Meditation Wind on the Storm The Getaway For the Wicked these are just bang 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 they just catch you uh, right away
1: well I you say that you know they're not actually Short songs, so, like meditation, I don't know. what do you consider short song
0: well, I mean i think yeah. I think a f- a three to five minute song is a decently short <laughs> yeah. uh right. I'm kind of a prog rock nerd, so to me, a long song is eighteen twenty minutes. <laughs> sorry about that, yeah, well, my no, short may not again. be everyone else's short, that's true,
1: right. <laughs> Um so what's
0: the question? Again? Oh no, just I was saying that I well I felt in general so the songs definitely don't overstay. They're definitely uh very visceral and up tempo a lot of them and uh which you know, is you know it's you tremendous trad metal uh style new wave of british heavy metal inspired rock and heavy metal uh you know fast and in your face which i dig. Right. And they don't and the songs don't feel they have no drag. They don't feel like wow this is going on a little long. Not once, right. you know? Not once.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So, glad you t- uh, tell your friends?
0: <laughs> I do. That's okay. what that's what this is for. This is to tell all my Good. friends and all their friends and all your friends. Awesome. <clears throat> that is why I do what I do. Uh, but yeah, just really terrific. Great, great to have this band. I think you know, second record. Uh, I don't. I know you guys are uh, you know still very DIY and on a fairly indie label. Did you feel any pressure to top the first record with a lot of accolades and props from everybody?
1: You know, I don't think so, really, no. The thing that was different about this one was that it came so rapidly on the heels of the first one. We had had about half of the songs already kind of cooking when the first one came out. Um, But when we... Decided to work with Cruz del Sur. He kind of outlined a sort of timeline for us, and a couple of things happened. We got a an offer to play Hell Over Hamburg, which we're going go to go do next month. And it's a, it's a festival that is sponsored by a magazine over there that has been very kind to us, Deaf Forever, which is a print magazine that, you know, like we're number one on their you know, album of the month or something, or this this month. It was, you know, like a lot of stuff happened pretty quickly. And so I would say that um, there wasn't pressure, but there was a wave.
0: Right on. Well, it is kind of a year and a half later, isn't it, right? Uh, Just about a year and a half yeah. since the first yeah. record. So you guys went right, right back to work. Um. So fans will love it. It's not always kind to the band and great for creative, but uh, it seemed to help out this time. Yeah. Um, you know, some bands, yeah. oh, we had a whole year to write this record. It's like, really? <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, no, you yeah, Lucky never you guys.
1: always record. You know, that's not always like right. a lot of fun. All
0: right, It seems but. like a luxury. Do, do you guys um, write pretty uh, regularly, prolifically, or do you just kind of get together? That cycle was done. Now it's time to create some new stuff. How do you guys work?
1: pretty prolifically. I would have to say, you know, this has been one of the more productive bands I've ever been in. You know, we have a good working relationship. So the first two, I would say, were just, you know, we were constantly writing. We were constantly writing. Now, I think we're going to have some time
0: to settle into uh, maybe a different practice, we'll see. Well, time changes you, and uh, you know, activity changes you, and touring changes you, and relationships change yeah. you. All these yeah. things, all these yeah. things, fold into the mix of whatever makes you yeah. make you know do what you do.
1: Yeah, well put. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it remains to be seen. But you know, that's why I don't think we really have like a, a formula to it. You know. Um one thing that actually has been pretty consistent is that Jeremy has like the chord progressions, you know, and I have the vocal line. And that, you know, that relationship has been pretty prolific in and of itself. Yeah. I think especially for the poisoner, that one came out pretty pretty well established.
0: Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And actually, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, that is, uh, you know, in addition to being the title track, it's a, an amazing uh, track and it's so good as a fan of Amber Asylum and your work there. It's so good to hear uh, Chris kind of join up on the record and compliment that yeah. stuff. To I mean, what a nice performance. And I think like a little nod to the past there for people who followed your career a little bit like me. Uh, how'd that come about? Did you just uh, ring her up and say, hey, come be on my record? <laughs>
1: well, she, you know, think my main type. Ever since I moved to New York from the Bay Area. So that was in, you know, 2002. I was in Amber Asylum. I think the album we released together was 1999. Mm. So we just were friends, you know. And actually, she and I, uh, she got me to play with a band. She started playing with Lux and China. So i played with them a couple of times as their bass player. Um, So we've just been, you know, she comes out and visits me pretty regularly. And when she does, I I, I definitely, you know, make her bring her violin.
0: (laughs) Nice. Threats and promises, I'm sure, whatever it takes.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Please bring your fiddle. We need it. Yeah. Um you know it's it's interesting uh, if you'll humor me I like to ask this is a kind of a curious question for me which is you know you were coming up in the bay area scene when when it was kind of like a real underground you know it had become like a new underground scene again for a while it was quiet there and then I think it got kind of hot uh, for some yeah. really great music. And then you kind of moved to Brooklyn, right? When Brooklyn started like a resurgence and, you know, bands started forming and uh, of all kinds of m- underground genres of music and heavy music and ve- venues are now opening everywhere. So I kind of wanted to ask if you don't mind contrasting the two, like uh, kind of in the same time frame, right? You, you did the kind of similar amount of time yeah. in the Bay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, definitely when I moved to the Bay, it was amazing. Like when I moved to the Bay from New York, cause I was born and raised here, you know, went to high school, and then left when I was 17. So the scene the day was great, and the scene in New York was kind of waning, as far as I was concerned, you know, in the 90s, maybe. Um, or it was changing, like, right? uh, definitely, like, New York hardcore was really, really a, a big thing during that time, and um, and I was out west where it was still kind of like hardcore metal, you know, punk crossover stuff. So uh, getting back to New York in 2002, I was kind of struck by how little was actually going on here at that time, and heartened. As time went on, by things like St. Vitus opening and uh, a gimme radio happening, and well, the Acheron, nothing was open. You know, just kind of seeing how there were like minded people out here and we just kind of had to find each other again. You know, when I moved back, though. you know, I wasn't really plugged into the underground music scene
0: that much in New York. Right, that time away, maybe people also left while you were gone and you came back and uh, things changed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, like, what was going on in New York when I left was like the Lunatics and uh, <clears throat> Crow mags and of it all and then some that was really good and uh that kind of stuff when i got back i couldn't really identify what was going on to be honest in like the early 2000s i couldn't
0: really tell yeah it was all over the place and i think there was a lot of like a very uh strange sort of the older metal guard had kind of moved away or moved on and then the newer metal people were more like post-hardcore punks from Long Island and stuff like that. No diss, just observation. Yeah, yeah. Good music, yeah. some great bands, you know, but just an observation about the changes and gen- probably generational too, uh, for me as well. Same era, same same time for me as well. Um. Right. You know, I don't want to lose the opportunity to talk about some lyrics because one thing yeah. about the Poisoner that I think is really great, and one thing that I think really sets your band apart from everybody is realism and real life in your words and lyrics. A lot of, uh, not not that you know, we all need an escape, and there's nothing wrong with fantasy and fantasy lyrics. Right. But I love that your lyrics are very grounded in real life and your life. Poss- possibly, I don't, I don't expect, yeah. I don't expect that everything is literal, but um, it's great to hear some real, you know, heartfelt experiences come through in the words, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of uh, you know, it's part of the fun for me, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is it is it yeah. fun? That's good. That's good that it's fun. It's not hard or heart, heartbreaking. It's fun. That's good to hear.
1: You gotta get it out of you. Somehow,
0: right, you gotta get the poison out. Know?
1: And and definitely, you know, I mean there's like there's a healthy dose of um You know, uh, autobiography, rock and roll, just lingo, you know, and uh, kind of observations about the, you know, human nature and the way the world works in there. And it kind of just comes around.
0: Rad. Uh, I dig it. I definitely dig it. I think people are going to dig it, too. Uh, I'm really pumped about this record, Erica. It's really great to have a chat with you about it. Uh, Thank you so much. But yeah, really a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, You're welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, indeed. We'll talk again soon.
1: All right. See you on the other side of our European
0: tour. Indeed. I look forward to it. And be safe out there. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.